0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the cantle, take a deep seat, and put your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on, what you waiting on? Let's go.
1: I love Kevin Weatherby. I met Kevin a few years ago online. That's how we met to begin with by watching Save the Cowboy and knowing about the various ministries that were happening. And over the years, we got to be closer friends and ended up uh, talking on the phone a lot. And uh, one of the things that I thought about, and I've told him this, he knows this, but through the years, you know, I would think, golly, wouldn't it be something if I could work with old Kevin? I I just thought it was just one of those things like, what if that happened? And here we are. It's amazing. I will tell you, it's been a real wide circle uh, with a lot of ups and downs, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of trouble, uh, not without some, you know, pain. Uh, but I will tell you that the circle, though long and wide, and it took time, you know, for it to all work the way it's supposed to. Uh, I am so incredibly thankful to be connected with Kevin and Save the Cowboy and Long X Ranch. And I believe that that is a, I know it is, the work of the Holy Spirit connecting us together when there's grace between you and somebody when there's grace and you know what i'm talking about right they bless you you bless them you give and then you receive and it goes back and forth it's reciprocal you've seen that grace in a relationship right hope you got it in your marriage God help you if you don't. But I'm, not, I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's how these relationships work when God connects us. But I want to say something else about that. When the grace gets stronger in the relationship, do you know what that usually means? It usually means that there's an assignment in it. That God has brought you together with that person to use you as a spiritual partner to do what you couldn't do if you weren't connected to them. That's how I feel about my partnership with Kevin, Save the Cowboy, and the Long X Wrench folks. So God bless you. Thank you for letting me be here. I am from Texas, uh, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Uh, I've had to adjust quite a bit to the Texans because I'm not from Texas. They think that's a shame. (coughs) Arrogant so-and-sos. Anyway, I'm actually from Alabama. And don't feel sorry for me. I'm not. I'm not asking for pity. Okay, (laughs) I'm thankful for my roots, and as Kevin told you, I was raised in the cattle business back there. And most of the cattle we handled came this direction, and uh, it was a great uh, way to grow up. And I'm thankful for the cowboy way and being able to be involved with cowboy ministry. I don't know what you expect this morning. Uh, maybe barely got here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I wondered with the weather if anybody'd come. Even though y'all think it's warm, <laughs> we got some Colorado weather last week, and we didn't know what to do. I was supposed to come last weekend, by the way. I canceled my flight before they did, <laughs> because you know we going, I wasn't gonna get above 32 for three days. We we're like we all panicked, and. uh I'm not going to even go there very hard, but I just want to tell you, it was a very frustrating time for me because I just, everything I, every single thing I did to cope with the cold didn't work, <laughs> you know, then I had to, let, had to leave my wife at home still with frozen pipes and no water, and, and she forgave me. You know, she didn't blame me, and the first thing I did when I got off, got here was, do we have water yet? And she said, yes, we do. Lucky for you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, what did you expect? What did you expect? Did you come expectantly? What did you expect to hear? You know, that's what we do here, right? We talk about it. <laughs> what did you expect me to say? Wait, that's not really the right question. What did you expect the Lord to say to you? Or did you? Did you expect to hear from him? I've been in church my whole life. I've talked to Christians who've been in church their whole life who will say things like, you know, I've never heard God say anything to me. Do you know what I want to say to him? Hey, that's not normal. That's not normal. Do you think think he's not? Do you think he's not talking to you? Sure he is. Okay, so, so if you could hear him clearly and not miss at all what he was trying to say to you today. That assumes that he is, right? That he's actually t- speaking. He has spoken. He will speak. He is speaking. If you knew he was speaking and could hear him clearly, what do you think he'd say to you? What if Jesus wandered in this morning? I don't believe. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think he'd have a hat on like Ty. I think he would look more like mine. <laughs> my Jesus. Kevin Kevin said amen. I got an amen from Amen. Him. It's either taco or tortilla, right? Oh, well, whatever. Anyway, Jesus. his Jesus, yeah, okay, right. The real Jesus, right? Anyway, no, no matter the hat, I just couldn't resist it. I'm sorry. But, so Jesus walks in, right? He comes in. Uh, Some people recognize him, maybe somebody, some don't. And he sits down beside you. And he puts his arm around you. Can you see that? And he leans over and he whispers, what? I am really, do you think he'd say, I am sick and tired of how you've been behaving? (laughs) You think he would? See, see I... (laughs) See, I, they, told me, they told me that God was my father. And so automatically, what did I do when I was little? I connected father to the only father I had, the cattle buyer father. And some of y'all work cattle. And it wasn't an easy thing to work cattle with my dad, okay? Because he was pretty, pretty angry most of the time. Best I can remember. And God help you if you miss one. Do you understand? If you you couldn't quite ever do it fast enough or, or do it good enough to suit him. You just couldn't do it. And he would send me to do chores on the ranch and when he came and looked at what I had done, he was never happy about it. Never, ever. I can hear what he said. This is the nearest nothing I've ever seen. That was the first thing he always said. And then he said a few other things and Probably I wouldn't want to use those words in church, but he—he he just was hard to please. He was harsh. I suspect that that was the way his dad treated him. So how did he know? And my dad loved me. Don't don't get me wrong. And I hold nothing against him. And I thank God I had the kind of father I had. Honestly. But, but as far as love and tenderness and kindness and patience and compassion and all the other things that we really need, we really need those things. We need them. He couldn't give it to me. He just couldn't. Now, later in life, God did some great things in his life, and we became very close. And I believe with all my heart, my daddy's in heaven. Okay, so praise God for that. But can you see how things can get real distorted if, you, if you're thinking about God as your heavenly father who is actually speaking to you, what is he saying? And I had to get over a father who stood there with his hands on his hips looking at me, you know, with anger and saying things that he really probably shouldn't have said. What would Jesus say to you? It really doesn't matter what I say to you. Can I just say that? Is that honest? What I will say, what I can say to you. Is forgettable, But what the Lord says to you, you don't need to forget, okay? And what I'm praying is he will talk to you and use, use my words however you see fit. And I hope he'll just delete and you too will delete anything that's not of him, right? That's not going to help you anyway. That's forgettable. But remember what he says. And I want to say to you this morning what I believe he wants to say to all of us. So let me read you scripture about that. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you look at that, and you can look it up on your app or uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we go with verse, if I can find it in Kevin's Bible, verse 17. All right, let's see here. Here it is. I know. (laughs) Giant print, actually. When I planned this, Paul says, did I do it lightly? He was planning a visit, that's what he's talking about, to them, to see them in Corinth. Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner? That's a good question, isn't it? How do I make my plans? In, in other words, am I being led by the Spirit? Or am I just making plans based on what I want to do? He said, He said. he's reminding them of how he planned to come to them so, so that in the same breath I say, yes yes and no no in other words i don't make a clear plan i don't make a decisive plan i'm confused i say yes while i'm saying no and you can't figure out what the heck i'm saying do i make plans like that because that's the way the world plans things that's what he's saying you can't count on what the world tells you are you listening you cannot count on what they say you cannot count on the news being true can you no you cannot The world's full of spin and manipulation and straight out lies, okay? But we hear something different. And what Paul says next is surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but it in in him. It has always been yes. In him, it's always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen, which means so be it, or yes, is spoken by us to the glory of God. And now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. What is Paul saying? He's saying God, through Jesus, is saying yes to you. That Jesus is actually God's yes. And the way Paul describes it, he says, God has always been saying yes to you. He's always been saying yes to you. And in Jesus, what you get is God's ultimate yes. The biggest yes that God could ever say to any of us is Jesus. That's strong stuff. I didn't get that in church. Folks, I didn't get that. If you ask me, what is God saying to you in church today? You know what I think I would say, just to summarize it? No. No, no, thou shalt not. No. If you like it, no. If it looks good, tastes good, feels good, no, it's got to be wrong. It's got to be wrong. Thou shalt not. Dad was standing, dad, our heavenly dad was standing there like my earthly dad with his hands on his hips. What did I try to tell you? No. You could have done it better. You didn't do it fast enough. Wrong. Now you're, you're not naive about yourself, are you? I mean, you really know how weird you are, right? All of us are. People think it's weird to be a Christian. No, it's not. No, no, you, you don't need God to make you weird. <laughs> or dysfunctional or center, you know or anything else. Uh, we needed to be saved. We needed to be healed. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that there are thou shalt nots in the Bible. We know that. We know God draws boundaries around human behavior and there is absolute right and wrong and God has said no to the wrong. We know that, right? But if all you ever hear is the no, you miss it. If all you ever think is that God is mad at you and fussing at you because of what you've done wrong, you've missed the good news. The good news is God may say no to what you're doing while at the same time saying yes to you. I love you, he says, just the way you are, even though I'm saying no to what is killing you. Is that fair? It's not how the world thinks. The world thinks if you love them, you have to agree with them. You have to promote what they want and what they want to do. Hey, every parent in here knows that that's not right. Do you love your children? Most of the time. I mean, you love them, right? But, can I ask you this? Do you always agree with them? Heavens no. You don't agree with them, why? Because foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. That's what the Bible says about them. And it talks about the correction driving it far from them. We love them, but we, we say no. Why do we say no? Because we love saying no. No, because we want to save them from harm. Correct? I was raising all those children, and I got a tribe of them. Six. What was I thinking? I don't know. I wasn't thinking about college education or the cost at that point. The pleasure was all mine, the labor was all hers. Okay, we won't talk about it anymore. All right, what's up? So, six kids. Between us, we have, nine, Stacey and I have nine kids. I think at last count was 19 grandchildren. And I got one great-grandchild. That's a herd, isn't it? That's just, it makes me a little tired. But, um, but we love them but, but we don't agree with them I still try to tell them what to do it's you know don't work very well you know but even the grandchildren I, granddaddy has to say I love you but you don't tell granddaddy what to do you know so, so what is that about that's about a picture of God who fathers loves us right He loves us. He's saying yes to us, but no to our dysfunction, to our sickness. What kind of love would it be if they diagnosed you and knew what was wrong with you and then to save your feelings, didn't diagnose you, (laughs) didn't say you have cancer and you're going to need this, this, and this to get over it. No, we're not going to tell them that because they might be offended if we tell them that. See, that's irrational, isn't it? But the further you get from God, the more irrational things become, the more chaotic and confusing. Are you listening? If you're listening, you'll hear God's yes today. We were ministering to a guy one time who was plagued by horrible, horrible phobias. But you couldn't tell by looking at him. He was he was a a gym, owned a gym. He was a personal trainer. He had a thriving business, okay? Very sharp, very successful-looking guy. But he had a, he had phobias, panic attacks, right, that paralyzed him when he had them. And his whole life was orchestrated around those fears. And what we discovered as we ministered to him was he had been wounded as a child and never got over those fears. And then he medicated his wounds in all the wrong ways, okay? And as we ministered to him and prayed for him, and by the way, he got healed. (laughs) He really did. He got over it. He couldn't even drive a car, and he started driving that day. But I heard as we prayed for him, in my mind this, if you clearly hear God's yes, you'll consistently honor God's no. Oh, is that how it works? I thought I was supposed to behave myself, because if I didn't, you know, God would punish me. I believe in God's judgment. I know what the Bible says about hell. I believe in what it says. But see, the motivation for change, when, when I hit a boundary and God says, don't go past this, this is where, this is where you don't want to go. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Remember that part? And I used to wonder, man, what is a trespass? And then I remember that sign out there where I was hunting. no trespassing oh (laughs) what is trespassing that's where you go where you're not supposed to go right and if you if they trespass against you what are they doing they're going where they ought not go with you you follow that god has his boundaries why he wants to keep us happy and healthy and safe right if i run into a boundary this god who says yes to me and who loves me that love motivates me to get back away from the cliff let me unpack this with us a little bit this morning. God wants you to hear his yes, and Jesus is God's yes. And let me read you this little passage from Ephesians 3.17. He's, he's praying so that Christ, they will understand that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. And listen to what he prays. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love... That surpasses knowledge. To know, which is something that passes knowledge. What does that mean? To know the unknowable. To measure the immeasurable. How would you do that? God would show you, right? And he's talking about God's love. Now listen to this, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He says, I want to fill you with all my fullness. When people see you, I want them to see me, right? And how do you get there? By a God who fusses at you all the time and shames you? No, by the God who says yes to you and reveals to you the full measure of his love. Love changed me. I understood my whole life that if I didn't repent, I was going to hell. I understood that. But love changed my life. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I didn't feel that. Do you understand? And when I realized, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is about his love for me. He doesn't like what I'm doing, but he loves me. And there's nothing I can do to change it. I can't earn it. I can't do good things to make him love me more than he already does. Nothing I have done bad, and I've done lots of bad, has ever diminished his love one ounce for me. Wow, that's good stuff right there. My uncle, who was a Baptist preacher now in heaven, was one of my great encouragers. At strategic moments, he spoke encouragement to me. Before I ever heard this in a song, he wrote these words to me in a letter. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the sky of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels song. How did that become bad news? That's not bad news. That's good news, honey. We got the best news on earth. How do you dumb that down? How do you make that boring? How do you make that something that is unattractive? Come on. This is the kind of love that will change you, heal you, save you, forgive you, pardon you, completely transform your life miraculously, make you into who God wants you to be. That the enemy has done everything he possibly can to steal from you. Come on. The love is what it's about. God wants you to hear it. God wants you to hear the yes that promises you every promise. We read that. It says Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. Anything about all those promises? There's a bunch of them, right? All the Old Testament promises, I get those in Jesus. All the things in the New Testament, the things that God God is a promise keeper, right? Can I ask you this? How long was it before you found out that people would promise you things? And then do whatever they wanted. Was that a rude awakening for you? It was for me. You know why? People weren't who I wanted them to be. <laughs> they just weren't. I saw them. But we don't. You know. Somebody said you don't see the world as it is. You see the see the world as you as you are. <laughs> and I had all these expectations, right? And I didn't. I, I wouldn't accept people's betrayal i just didn't i couldn't believe they would treat me that way but they did (laughs) by golly they did and i had to learn how to forgive them which is a tall order isn't it in fact i don't do well with that even now so don't mess with me (laughs) no but god is teaching me how to forgive people the way i've been forgiven and it's not an easy lesson is it but here's the great news this is great okay i love this about god he keeps his promises I want to be like that. Stacey will tell you, one of my greatest challenges, even now, is when people tell me they're going to do something. And then they find a reason not to. And sometimes they don't even let you know they changed their mind. And you were counting on it, weren't you? By golly. And so I could give you a lot of examples. I'll spare you my sob stories. All right? All right. But if, but if I tell you something, and I, I, can, I can stay this in the company of men I love and I trust. But, but if I tell you something that I'm going to do, you have my permission to hold me accountable. You said it. You said it, brother. Okay, by God, that's what I'm going to do. By the grace of God, I'm going to do that. And if something happens that I did not see, that is keeping me from holding me back or delaying that or whatever, I'm gonna to come to you and explain that too and say, "Here's I know I told you this, but here's why, that I haven't been able to step up and do what I told you I'd do, but I'm gonna get there because, see, I wanna be like God is to me. And I have broken my word and I have disappointed people in my past, but I don't wanna be that guy anymore. What makes me wanna change? He loves me, that's why. And the love makes me want to keep my word the way he keeps his word to me. You don't remember, can I give you one of my favorite promises? Can I? Yeah. That was not a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> Romans 8, 15 through 16, New Living Translation. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit. When he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him what? Abba Father. For the Spirit, listen to this, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. That's one of my favorite ones. Because the Holy Spirit, he doesn't want to make me a slave. He wants to make me someone who can call the Heavenly Father more than just Father, but Daddy. Daddy. One of my greatest mentors was a man named Dr. Millard Box, who lived to be 102. He preached at my church when he was 100, and he could still bring it. But sometimes when he would pray, he called God his daddy. And the first time I heard him do it, Kevin, it made me feel uncomfortable. I just couldn't get there with him, you know? There was something there that seemed too familiar to me. But the Holy Spirit had given him that confidence. He knew he was God's boy. That's a great promise, isn't it? That there's a tenderness there and an intimacy there that the Holy Spirit wants to do. I would suggest you that's one of the greatest things you could ever get from God, and He's promised it to all of us. Do you know you're saved? Do you know it? You know, one of my favorite things to ask people how do you know? How did God show you? That's what this is talking about, isn't it? The Holy Spirit tells you in your... My mother used to say, I know it in my knower. (laughs) What is your knower, mama? You know in here. The Holy Spirit would tell us, hey, you belong to him, and he belongs to you, and you can count on him. And to me, all the other things God promises us, all the blessings that He promises us are connected to that relationship, right? That we can trust Him. He doesn't always say yes to my prayer requests. Sometimes He says no, sometimes He says later. Sometimes He changes the whole thing around. Sometimes it just becomes beside the point what I was thinking about and praying about. And I thought I thought it was, you know, life changing what I was praying about. And I find out later it really didn't matter. I should have been praying about something else. I just wasn't really cued into what he was doing. Hey, I've been around the mountain on this stuff. I argued with God five years, five years about healing my brother in law, five years. He was paralyzed. He was a quadriplegic. He was mentally normal. Physically, he had his you know, internal organs worked, and he had a sensory perception, but he couldn't move or speak, and he was like that for 25 years. The first 15, his parents, my in-laws took care of him. Then my mother-in-law died, and he came to live with us. He was with us for 10 before he died. I thought, I believe in healing. I believe in healing. Why not? There's a lot of promises in there about healing and asking God and in Jesus name and agreeing, you know, and the kind of way I looked at it back then is we could get enough people in on this. We could gang up on God and he had to do it. <laughs> okay I feel about a little different now but I, I thought like that I thought man, just get as many people going and oh by the way if I get sick and I don't plan to and I've God forbid but if I do don't pray God teaches me anything all right just ask God to heal me and I'll do the same thing for you I hate pain all right I just I'll throw that in but I argued with the Lord in Jesus name would you heal this boy if you heal this boy thousands of people get saved I'll write a book what's the, that's a good prayer don't you like that that sounded good didn't it God, think of the PR you'll get out of this one. (laughs) Jesus did it. Why not now? You know what he said? No. You didn't understand, Lord. And I'd, I'd back, I just wouldn't take no for an answer, okay? i just back up and run at it again. Five years in, five years in, the Lord finally showed me that He was not going to give us the grace that changed everything. He was going to give us the grace that changed us. That would be the miracle. And then for five years, I could enjoy that grace until the Lord called him home. God never broke a promise to me throughout. He will not disappoint you. <laughs> he will let you know that you belong to him. I was in my office with a guy who was a very successful banker, right? I love bankers. Anyway, my brother's a banker. I put him on my resume. Anyway, so so this guy, this guy said, comes in there and really nice guy, church guy, Christian guy, family guy, right? Perfect kind of a life, and uh, and he says, Brad, I heard you say when you was preaching that you could know you were saved. And he said, I just can't get there. I sometimes feel good about it, but sometimes not so much. And I wonder about it. And then I make a mistake, and I doubt that I really, you know what I mean? He was just, and he was a good guy. You wouldn't look at him and think he had any doubt about it. And I said, well, let let me ask you this. When did you feel the grace of God the strongest? That's a good question, isn't it? When did you feel him? When did you feel God was with you? When did you feel the grace? And this is what he said. And he got tears in his eyes when he said it. He said, you know, we adopted a little boy. It's hard for me to say this without being emotional. But he said, he said, when they handed me that little boy, he's a baby. He said, I felt God. I felt him. I said, how old is he now? He said, he's 25. And, he, and you know, he said, he said uh, he's the joy of my life. He's been a great blessing to my wife and I. And, uh, and I said, well, was there ever a time that you made him feel like he wasn't really yours? He said, oh, no, man. He's always known I was his daddy. He's always known that. I said, How'd you let him know? He said, Oh, I just let him know by what I said to him and how I treated him. I said, Really? And then I read that scripture. I said, Do you think your heavenly father loves you less than you love your son? Do you think he wants you to wonder about this, to make it a hope so, maybe so, think so kind of deal, but not a no so? Do you think he wants you to have less than what you've given your own son? The spirit of adoption is in you. He said, how did I get there? I said, oh, that's easy, man. You just have to give him control. <laughs> just hand him the reins. That's all you got to do. I said, you will exchange control for Assurance. If you're in control of it, you'll never be sure. But when you get down with it and let it go and put it in his hands and say, it's not my show, it's yours, it's not my life, it's yours, it's not my will, it's yours, it's not my future, it's yours. When you when you say that, when you put it in his hands and really let it go, really, what you're saying is Jesus is Lord and he will be glad then. Actually, what you're doing is you're opening your hand to receive that word and it's a yes he wants you to know that are we done yet or should i go a little more are we okay we're going a little more okay i got a little more we all right god wants you to hear the yes that changes you you knew it was coming didn't you (laughs) you knew it was coming He says, yes, but I know there's a string in here. You know, there's strings attached. No, he loves you just the way you are. But here's the deal. He loves you just like you are. But he loves you too much to leave you just like you are. Because he knows that the way you are is not who he wants you to be. You know, one of the most effective things that anybody ever told me about disciplining children (laughs) is that when you discipline, discipline a child, you say to them in so many words, you're not acting like yourself. You're not acting like the real you. It's real enough what you're doing here. But that's not the authentic you. You see, what the enemy wants to do is deceive you about who you really are in Christ. He wants to steal your, your spiritual identity. It's spiritual identity theft is what it is, right? And so the Lord loves you the way you are, but he wants to take the you that you are right now and, and bring out the authentic you, who you were created to be. And that takes some work and that takes some time because you know how you've been. You know how you are, right? You know, you know, you know what you think. You know what you've said. You know the behavior. Come on now, you know that. Even the best ones, y'all know. And the ones that really get close to the Lord really know. (laughs) Whoa, man, the closer I get, this this is serious business right here. How serious is, is it? Well, it was serious enough for Jesus to die for. That's how serious it is. And he wants to heal it. And and the writer of of Hebrews says if God loves you one of the signs he loves you is he'll discipline you and he'll change you and it won't it won't be won't all feel good when when he's doing it. It won't be pleasurable in fact it might even get painful but what he says is it will always be worth it because it yields a harvest of peace and righteousness, right? So where you're going is a place of peace and righteousness. But in the process of getting there, at times it gets painful. And in the process, you might forget that you've got God's yes. But the stronger the yes, the more you'll know that, hey, he wants to make me to become like him. I don't have to be like somebody else like him. (laughs) He's not comparing me, right? I have different gifts, personality, and all the rest. The world can only stand one of you, (laughs) for better or for worse. God loves diversity and variety. That's why he got fingerprints, not just so they can catch you, put your picture in the post office. (laughs) Why did that happen? He didn't have to do that. He can make everything gray and brown. But he made a thousand and one colors, right? I mean, come on, man. Think about it. Think about the diversity and the variety and the beauty of what he's doing here. And he makes the life that is surrendered to him beautiful. He deals with our sin, our hurt, our history, our relationships, We receive growth when we speak the truth in love. The truth crushes us if not given in love. Love without truth doesn't change anybody, but the truth in love will change us from the inside out and make us like Jesus. Are you willing to change? Some people are not willing to change. They're not willing to change. They don't want to change. I would tell you this I've been in church. Like I said, since, well, my whole life. I w- I dropped out for a few years, but I think, you know, I was there before I was born. So I think I should get credit for that part too. But <laughs> we used to tell people if they were late to church, you know, we would just go a little bit longer and help relieve their guilt. <laughs> it was just to make them feel better. <laughs> we yelled to love you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I liked it. But people do all sorts of religious things to keep from changing. (laughs) How weird is that? You know, come sit in a certain place every Sunday and do certain things. And hey, I love church. I love the church Jesus is building. I love Cowboy Church. I love contemporary. Stacy and I often go to a church that has, uh, you know, the music that people don't like. And You know what I mean? I don't care. I love hymns. I love new songs. I love no songs. Like y'all, you know what I mean. It doesn't have to be one way, does it? And and but, but people get all all up in the air about all the different ways we do it. But what it's really all about is not that, but how much we change. <laughs> if people's lives are being changed, that's a good thing, right? Who gives a rip what song they sing, or if they don't, or what they wear when they get there, or if they have light smoke or whatever. Let me tell you something. If God, I've always wanted some holy smoke. They don't do it in cowboy Church. So just don't do it. I'm thinking, why not? Don't you look at me like that. Okay, so. But hey, buddy, what, what, wait a minute. Are you getting better? Is it helping you? You know, are you getting sober? Are, is your wife getting, you know, easier to get along with? Come on. Is it working for you? Because that's what it's about, okay? It's about people who just make an humble, simple commitment to Jesus and then welcome the change, even though it can be painful. And remember that in the change, there's a big yes. Big. People get sober because they hear God's yes. Do you know that? Did you know that? People get get delivered from all kinds of hurt that they've carried their whole life You know the dad that I told you about? Daddy was a racist. Hey, man, we're from Alabama. Come on. Worse, Montgomery, the cradle of the Confederacy. People down there, a lot of them now, we're not forgetting. They'll get mad at you if you call it the Civil War. They call it the War of Northern Aggression. (laughs) Anyway. If you're raised that way, though, and some of you weren't, some of you were. If you're raised that way you're taught that racism is normal instead of being not what God wants, okay? And churches, didn't, uh, they didn't challenge that. They continue to be part of that problem. Come on. And I can remember it as a child, everything being segregated, right? Dad wasn't a mean racist. He was nice to people, but hey, everybody knew. And at the end of his life, when God was really working with him, that all changed. And that was one of the ways that we knew it. His racism hit the floor. <laughs> Isn't that something? And everybody who knew him thought, wow. I mean, it was obvious. His best friend was a black guy. That never would have happened. Do you understand? He changed. And then when he died, his black friend, who was a funeral home director, handled the funeral. And so we had... his funeral was not segregated (laughs) it was a good day for all of us and then six weeks later my crazy sister called me you got one of those anyway (laughs) they did tell me later anyway mine was crazier I promise anyway she called me and she goes did you know dad was a negro and I went what are you talking about and she said, yeah, I got the death certificate right here from the state of Alabama. And beside race, it says Negro. <laughs> it was a black funeral home, y'all. <laughs> and because of the a black funeral home, my dad was a black guy when he died, okay? You can't make that up, okay? You cannot, right? Is that a God wink or what? What's the point of it? change baby you may not have that problem but you got problems and they're all about selfishness and the answer is to die to self and you can you can stop being an anger addict you can stop you can change have you ever heard p- people say this and most of most of us are old guys and i'm an old guy and we old guys can get jaded and grumpy and come to the place where we don't think anything or anybody can really change i've heard them say it. they'll never change They'll always be like that. Don't you say that. Don't write them off. Why? Because of God's yes. And as long as there's a heartbeat, as long as there's a heartbeat, there's hope. He can change. Here's the last yes. And that is, God wants you to hear yes and then say yes back. (laughs) Say amen. Say yes. yes. To the one who said yes to you. Right? He said yes first. Right? He said yes first. So, what does that mean? What does that look like? That means that I'm going to stop arguing with what he wants. I'm going to stop running from what he wants. I'm going to stop excusing myself from what he wants. I'm going to stop blaming other people for what he says I need to see about. I need to let go of my sense of entitlement and relinquish my rights and hold everything with an open hand. That's what that means. That though is a life of high adventure. Do you hear me? Listen to somebody who's who's been in it 71 years so far. That's right. 71 years. I'm kind of on the city limits of the end of it. <laughs> I'm not there, but I can see the city limits from here, right? That's where I'm going. Isn't that right? And, when, and when, when Paul finished this little passage, he said, it's God who makes us, both you and us, stand firm. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. What is a deposit of? What's coming? He says, guaranteeing what is to come. The Holy Spirit enables me to say yes. Why? Because he lets me know I belong to God. He anoints me. He fills me. He energizes me. He helps me deal with the no in my spirit. So God can count on me when he says, I want you to go and do. I say, yes. You got me. I'll close with this a few a few years ago, and I gotta tell y'all, it was a uh, it was a really difficult, challenging personal season for me. The things I was praying for were not; it wasn't working out. In fact, every time I prayed over something, it was kind of like a miracle in reverse. You ever had one of those. It's like, dang, do I look like Job Jr. or what? <laughs> And, and on top of that, I, it came my turn to go pray for people in the hospital, you know. We had a... And everybody I prayed for died. I said, man, if you're sick, don't ask Brad to go pray for you. <laughs> of course, then again, some of the right people died, so it wasn't all bad. But I was just saying, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I was a real bad time. I was driving over to this place, you know to preach, and I didn't feel like preaching. I didn't want to preach. I really didn't feel like it. I was saying really saying to the Lord, "You know, I can't believe you want me to go over here to preach because I'm such a screw up, and I can't get anything right." And uh, I saw this picture in my mind. Sometimes the Lord gives me these pictures, you know, and the first picture was of a, a blank canvas on an easel. And it wasn't any it was a stool there and nobody was sitting there. And uh, but it was a blank canvas. And there was some uh paint and some a palette and some paint and a paintbrush. And I was just kind of seeing this in my mind, then somebody I didn't recognize them, came over and sat on the stool. And they picked up the paintbrush and started to paint. And when they did, Jesus, <laughs> wearing a hat not like his, no, I'm just kidding. It didn't it <laughs> wasn't a hat in it, I'm sorry. But they walked up. Behind them. And they were on the stool, right? About to paint. And Jesus put his hand on their hand. And when they started painting, he was doing the painting. (laughs) And what I heard was, let me make it a masterpiece. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, somebody's got to be sitting there, but the Holy Spirit, right, would do the masterpiece. And then that went away. And then, strangely enough, I saw this little boat. And back then, I lived near the Gulf Coast, so I knew what what high wind and waves looked like. And there was a little boat and a guy in the boat, and there was high waves and wind. And he had a bunch of stuff in the boat, and it was getting washed overboard. And he did doing everything he could to keep the stuff in the boat. But he couldn't do it. Every time he'd get something in his hand, something else would blow out. You know, washed overboard, he would losing his stuff. And the Lord said... That wind is for me. And I'm washing everything overboard he don't need. But he doesn't know it yet. He's trying to hold on when he ought to let go. That's the work of the Spirit. And then I saw another person standing there. I didn't recognize him. And above them, what looked like lava kind of, it was like liquid fire. I know I got a good imagination. But anyway, the fire came down. And at first, when the guy looked up, it scared him. It scared him, right? Because what do you do when you see fire? You think it's going to hurt you, right? You think you're going to burn up. But the fire came, and what the fire burned was what needed to go away, you know? The flame healed him, and the word was, don't be afraid of the fire, because it's a healing flame. I thought that that word about the work of the Holy Spirit, the blank easel that that promised a masterpiece and the washing overboard of the baggage that the guy didn't need and the last one with the fire, I thought that was just for those people, right? Guess what? It wasn't just for them. It was for me. And it was for the people in Kiowa, Colorado on a cold winter day. In 2024, many years later. And people that are watching that we may never know. Don't fear it. The yes of God brings the change that we need. Last night I wrote this. A warmer breeze thaws out the freeze. Just makes the snow all melt. From colder climes and better times I have the spirit felt. And when I think that I might sink beneath the bitter cold... I hear his voice above the noise and feel his love take hold. He says his yes to my distress and chases away my pain. His love can heal and makes me feel I can go home again. Into those arms, no more alarms, he speaks his grace to me. says, I am here and makes it clear that he will always be. That cowboy lost, it's no coin toss or better luck you need. But God above with saving love, with truth, your soul to feed. To be set free, he'll help you see the trail that you should take. Adventures wild, you're God's own child, and nothing you can fake. The canvas blank, it's him we thank for the masterpiece. The wind that blows, and always shows from burdens he'll release. The healing flame in Jesus' name will burn away the dross. Refining fire and pure desire replaces all our loss. So, saddle up. He fills our cup and overflows the rest. Our Savior true knows what to do.
0: God's highest. I think that deserves a round of applause, don't y'all? Y'all. So amazing so amazing. Um, as we close, uh, I, I've shared this with, with many people. It's something that I found. It's a Jewish prayer that all faithful Jews memorize and and they say every day. And this is just a short part of the prayer. And I'd like to read it to you. I, I say this every night and every morning. It says, praised are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe who brings sleep to my eyes, slumber to my eyelids. May it be your will, Lord my God and God of my ancestors, that I lie down in peace and that I arise in peace. Let my sleep be undisturbed by troubling thoughts, bad dreams, and wicked schemes. May I have a night of tranquil slumber. May I awaken to the light of a new day. This is the part that I read in the mornings. And this morning, when the sun was just peeking up, this is what I said out loud. May I awaken to the light of a new day that my eyes may behold the splendor of your light. Praised are you, Lord, whose glory gives light to the entire world. God is a faithful king. And I'm going to leave you with one quote. Only a child can awaken the king in the middle of the night for a drink of water and you have that access. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for the message that was brought to us by you. The person standing up here may be different at times and different tonight, it'll be different, but the message is always the same, God, because the message is from you. And as we heard today, the answer is yes. Can I be healed? Yes. Can I change? Yes. Can I be loved? Yes. Can I spend eternity with you? Yes. And can I start right now? Yes. Yes, you can. And I pray right now that the next question will be, can I get baptized? Can I stand up in front of everybody and confess with my my mouth over the Internet for the whole world to possibly see? that you are my yes. Yes, you can. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.